right, Junior Church, time for you to go. Ethan and the crew are back there waiting for you. Uh, VBS was a great time out at the Jinx Church, and uh, as, as the video showed, we had a great time. Uh, there was probably 100, and I bet they averaged about 140 uh, every night, and it was just fun. We just had a great time. We sang. Uh, I'm always uh, encouraged when I go to an a cappella church of Christ and hear instrumental music being played. I just think that's wonderful. And uh, that particular church has made that transition, and so uh, it's just great. It's fun to watch kids dance. It's fun to watch kids throw their hands up and praise the Lord. And uh, we did that. We did that every night. Uh, we had uh, a number of teenagers. All the teenagers that helped out this week, stand up. Let me see where you are. All of you that helped out at VBS, there they are. Come on, there we go. Amen, amen. Good deal. They were crew leaders and, and got kids to where they're supposed to go, and we just had a great time. Just had a great time. Uh, I've, I've never seen Mark bear down in prayer more than that video show. Just, he had that look, didn't he? God would be pleased with that face. That's good. If you have your Bibles, let's hold them up. <clears throat> I'm a child of God. Have in my hand the powerful Word of God. It can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. I give a high five to your neighbor there, would you? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How many of you agree with those three concepts? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How many of you believe in those concepts? Let me see all those hands. Uh, if you don't raise your hand, I'll assume you don't really agree with that. Come on now. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We live in a culture that's trying to take all that away from us. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? God is still on the throne. I don't care what happens in Washington, D.C. I don't care what politi political affiliation you carry with yourself. It doesn't matter. They're all corrupt. <laughs> As I've watched this thing over the last number of years, they're all corrupt. I haven't found one of them yet. If any of them gives you a promise, you can bet right then it's a lie. Or it's got some money attached to it. It's a shame. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Declaration of Independence. One of the greatest documents ever drafted. Second only to the Bible. The greatest document ever drafted. I want us to look this morning, and we're going to talk about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, but I want us to look, first of all, at the precedent for that is found, and I don't have any overly detailed sermon notes for you. Just If something grabs you, throw it. This is kind of one of those shotgun messages. It just I'm just throwing out some things at you, and then you take what you can from there. Again, if you need to sleep this morning, just lean forward. We'll think you pray, and don't go back and remove all doubt. But we're going to look at John chapter 8 and verse 32, because that's the basis from which we have life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Jesus said, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Talking to his disciples, he said, if there's anything that will move and motivate your life, it is and should be the truth. What do your parents always tell you growing up? Tell the truth. Because if I find out that you have lied, you will be in more trouble than if you would have told me the truth. Tell me the truth. 
And what do we tend to do when we stand in front of our parents? Tell them a lie. Tell them a lie. I was driving out to the camp with Corey and Megan a few weeks ago. Just to, they had been out. She had never been to the camp. We were driving out to take a look at the camp, and Corey was telling me when he. Uh, during the summer, his summer and his high school years had uh, some of his escapades at driving out to the camp. And uh, he looked at me and said, Dad, I probably shouldn't be telling you all this stuff. I said, no, son, grateful you're telling me now instead of then because it's best that some parents don't know what's going on. But just lucky he's, he's alive today based on some of the things he was telling me. Truth, it's important. If you stay in that chapter and go down to verse 36... You find Jesus saying this, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed, or you are truly free. Now, when I think of that document that describes and sets apart our independence, our freedom for living in this country, the Declaration of Independence, framed by a number of people, one of which, Thomas Jefferson, a great president. But there's something about Thomas Jefferson you need to know. He was a Presbyterian. Not that that's a bad thing, but he was obviously a man of faith. He had a habit every Sunday morning attending a little church in the hills of Virginia outside of Arlington, and he heard an Englishman preach and was very interested in what this man had to say about freedom and about being free. Now you know that, uh, or may not know that the Declaration of Independence has a lot of content taken from the Charter of England. And this preacher, being an immigrant in this time and in this country from England, being a Baptist preacher, and don't hold that against him, but Sunday after Sunday, he harped on this subject of freedom, of what it meant to be free. And when people come to America, probably the most remarkable impact that America has on people is how free we are. Drove to Arkansas last week. Mick Kernodal and Mark and I drove over to Cookson Hills. We drove to Arkansas and back. No armed guards at the border to stop us. Saw some boys with some guns, but that, you know they weren't armed to stop us on the road. In fact, I hardly even knew it was in Arkansas until we stopped at Walmart and tried to use our Oklahoma tax-exempt card. Arkansas doesn't accept that. We're from a foreign country, Oklahoma. <laughs> but we have freedom. You can go to the... You can go down across the Red River into Texas. Now, for most of you, you would wonder why would a fellow or a gal want to do that? There's floodwaters down there in North Texas. After all, who wants to go down there? You could go to Kansas. Heaven knows why. Missouri. New Mexico. Now, Colorado, now that's a different story. Beautiful scenery in Colorado, isn't there? Nothing beautiful, more beautiful standing in those Rocky Mountains and just stand there. Feel that cool air blowing on you in the middle of the summer? How? Oh. See the snow caps on the mountain tops? How? Oh. 
Anybody seen a guy building a boat lately? <laughs> I just wonder if you're still awake out there. I just wasn't sure. But it just strikes people who come to America how free we truly are. And I mentioned all those states because, see, you can go freely to state to state. It doesn't matter. You can cross the border. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to stop you. Nobody's going to ask questions. It's exciting. It's freedom. Those freedoms are being taken away. Because Christians are sitting on their hands and not using their feet and not doing what they've been given the freedom to do, and that's to vote. Christians, you need to let your voice be known. Christians, you need to stand up and be counted. The people of America were heard this week. Hallelujah. It's time that the people in Washington understood that the people of this country still run this country. We need to learn that. Thomas Jefferson was one that knew that. A framer and signer of the Declaration of Independence. Did you also know that a preacher signed the Declaration of Independence? His name was John Witherspoon. But I believe without too much contradiction and controversy and words escape me. That God guided these men when they put this Declaration of Independence together. And it's a great document. And it brings and holds great truths for each and every one of us. On July 4, 1776, the Continental Congress of the United States adopted this document. And I think some of the most powerful and most important words... And that whole document are found in these. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it is true that God wants you and me to enjoy each of those three gifts. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I believe God wants us to enjoy that. Don't you? One of the things I want to do and pause right here is I want us to say and stand and say our pledge of allegiance to our American flag. Would you join me in doing that right quick? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And I would say amen to that. You may be seated. I haven't in some time, but I'm going to still try to find out the person in our Oklahoma legislature who got past a resolution that said, and signs are posted in schools, public schools in Oklahoma, that says, Saying and standing and saying the Pledge of Allegiance is optional. I believe with all of my heart that that person needs to be tarred and feathered and drugged down Lincoln Boulevard in Oklahoma City. Because if you will not stand and say a pledge to that flag, then get out. Go back to wherever you think you need to be from. But there's too many people dying for that and for the freedom we enjoy. And if you can't stand and say, I pledge allegiance to this country, then you need to move on out of here. Go to Cuba. 
Go to Cuba. I understand they have some of the best health care in the world, according to one of our Hollywood elites. Well, I say head on down there to Cuba, because by golly, old Fidel will take care of you down there. I'm sure. Well, enough of that. This July the 4th weekend, it's the, as you know, I'm sorry, I need to quit ranting and raving and move on. If God were going to speak to us today, I think he would want to talk about of those three gifts that we have in the Declaration of Independence, I think he would want to most talk about life. Because, see, the Declaration says that we have life here, and we have it really, really well here. As bad as it can get in America, it's better than most of the world. As bad as it can get. I mean, you can look at your bills, and they can be stacked up higher than Mount Everest, and it's still better than most people in the world. You and I throw out more food than some people ever have a chance to eat in a month's time, in a week's time, in a day's time. We run down the garbage disposal and into the sewer and wherever that ends up, more than most people will ever have. And I think God wants us to understand that life is precious. God gave us life to begin with. We were all created by God. Every person born on this earth is a creation of God. He says, I have breathed into life, into man life. He breathed life to us. He gave us resuscitation, mouth to mouth. Boom, He gives it to us. Every baby that's born. Comes out of the mother's womb. Umbilical cord is cut. They start sucking air and start screaming and hollering. Especially when they're doing that suction thing out of their mouth and all that, whatever that stuff is, they suck out of there. I don't want to know. But it sure sounds ugly. All that. But pretty soon that kid's a wailing and a hollering and a screaming and a crying. Then they put them under that warm light and all of a sudden, That doesn't change, does it? You and I like to lay under a warm light. Wouldn't it be great to have some warm light? (laughs) I saw the sunshine this week and it scared me to death. I thought, what's that bright light? Oh my. (laughs) But the Declaration of Independence, though it speaks of life here, God would want us to understand about life eternal. Life forever. Because you see, there is a life that never ends. And God talks about that life. Where we will spend an eternity. And He talks about us being there with Him. And and He offers it freely to us. He gives us liberty. He says, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You may capture me. You may incarcerate me. You could tie my hands and feet. You could blind my eyes. You could stuff my ears and my mouth. But you cannot change My capacity to think. John McCain was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. Was before Congress and and shared this story that is so powerful. In the final years of our imprisonment, the North Vietnamese removed us from small cells with one or two prisoners to large rooms with as many as 30 or 40 men to a room. We preferred this situation for the companionship and strength we could draw from our fellow prisoners. In addition to moving us to new quarters, our captors also let us receive packages and letters from home. 
Many men received word from their families for the first time in several years. The improved conditions were a result of public pressure put on the North Vietnamese by the American public. And our cell phone, or, excuse me, in our cell was one Navy officer, Lieutenant Commander Mike Christian. Over a period of time, Mike had gathered bits and pieces of red and white cloth from various packages. Using a piece of bamboo he had fashioned into a needle, Mike sewed a United States flag on the inside of his shirt, one of the blue pajama tops we all wore. Every night in our cell, Mike would put his shirt on the wall and we would say the Pledge of Allegiance. And I know that the Pledge of Allegiance may not be the most important aspect of our day now, but I can tell you that at the time, it was the most important aspect of our lives. This has been going on for some time until one of the guards came in as we were reciting our pledge. They ripped the flag off the wall and dragged Mike out. He was beaten for several hours and then thrown back into the cell. Later that night as we were settling down to sleep on the concrete slabs that were our beds, I looked over to the spot where guards had thrown Mike. And there under the solitary light bulb hanging from the ceiling, I saw Mike, still bloody, and his face swollen beyond recognition. Mike was gathering bits and pieces of cloth together. He was sewing a new American flag. This doesn't mean anything. This doesn't mean anything. People are willing to give their lives in defense of this wonderful flag. May I draw your attention to the cross. Somebody gave their life on the cross so that you could have life and have it abundantly. Which brings me to my next point. When Jesus said, all you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What truth? What truth can set you free that free? Well, it's the truth that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And when I began to search Scripture for life and the words life and how they were used, I kept running across not only life, but the added word abundant life. See, Jesus not only came to give us life, He came to give us life abundantly. Now what does abundant mean? More than enough. What else does abundant mean? It means a buffet. I got you now, don't I? We've all stood at the threshold of the buffet and said, oh, thank you, God, for what I'm about to consume. Cindy and I were at Furs this week. Hadn't been there in a while. Went through the line and sat down and I asked. It didn't say anywhere that it was all you could eat, but they used to be all you could eat. So I asked the waitress, is this still all you can eat? She said, yes, sir. What do you want? I'll bring it back to you. Well, glory to God. I started to say, well, they started one in to bring her on down. Just bring her. But I had my little five-footer there, and I really couldn't get away with it. So I did have sugar-free pie now. That's a good thing. Of course, I guess eight pieces probably isn't a good thing. But. 
I didn't have any. But everybody that lives here understands life. But do you really and truly understand life eternal? Because see, abundant life is not only here in the form of a buffet, but it's life eternal. That's where the real buffet is. It's on the other side. You see, every ache and pain that you have and that you've experienced will no longer be on the other side. I think of John Rogers just recently. Just was sick and sick and sick and then it, that, that illness just got him. But he knew it was going to get him and he wanted to connect with God before he checked out of here. And I can assure you, he's not hurting now. He's dancing now. He's flat dog dancing up there. Now, I don't know how pretty that is. doesn't really matter. If you watch me dance, you'd say, okay, anytime you want to quit. But in heaven, it won't matter. In heaven, I won't have to worry about insulin and diabetes and, and carb counts. I won't have to worry about that stuff. I can eat all the ice cream I want. Butter brickle. Give me a spoon. If you've never had butter brickle, go have some. You may say, I hate this. Find your favorite. And it will be abundant buffet in heaven. Amen. You see, do you understand that? Because I believe if we understood about the abundant life yet to come, that we would respond differently on this side. No one is here by accident. But we are all here by the grace of God. And if we go to heaven and enjoy the abundant life, we will go by the choice and the grace of God. It will be through the mercy of God. Scripture helps us understand that. John 3.16. I'm going to hush. You read it for me. It's right behind me. Go ahead. John 3.16. Read it. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have what? Our everlasting life. Wow. How about John 10, 27-29? Read it for me. Nobody can snatch you out of God's hand. Just try. I got them. I got them by the leg. They ain't going nowhere. You ever had a kid get real scared and grab you by the leg? There ain't no way you're pulling them off. I had a couple of them this week at VBS. They didn't want to go where they wanted to go. So I grabbed hold of them. Man, I've never been grabbed in my life like that. I said, okay, you got to go. I mean, just pulling and screaming until we bribed them with candy and bribed them with food. And all of a sudden, they would relinquish one arm and reach out and grab it. And they would get off of me and they would sit down with the rest of the crowd, but they'd keep looking back to make sure I was there. And then all of a sudden, they'd get involved and one of the lady workers said, Get out, get out, get out. So I would get out. Only for that child to turn around and be in trauma because, Oh, the big guy disappeared. Oh, 
can't snatch us away. You're, if you're in God, you can't be snatched away. Isn't that great news? That is super, super news. Well, what if the terrorists say they're going to kill us, preacher? You're in the hand of God. Yeah, but I don't want to die yet. Why not? This world is not my home. I'm, well, I'm just going to hang on to it a little bit longer. Because <laughs> my treasures quite aren't laid up over beyond the blue. Isn't that way we sing it? No! We get that toe tapping, get a banjo going, get the mandolin going, get the guitar going, brother Dan's up there. Yeah! It's really not my home, I'm just a passing through. That's what we do. We don't sing this world out of my home, I don't think I'm ready to go yet. No! We're ready to go! That's the way we should be. Because Paul said for me to live is Christ, to die is Gain, hey, hey. But like the one old boy said, well, preacher, if you punch your tickets, I'll wait for the second load. I understand that. I still want to see twins born to my middle son. Some of you catching on. Gosh, something gratifying, though, about the fact that you and I can never be snatched out of the hand of God. Every time I preach a funeral, I think about not just that individual, but I think about the soul, the real person. God gives and God takes away that soul. There's, it's where everlasting life comes from. But we think so much about this life that we forget about that life that's to come. If you want to live the life God expects you to live, then that abundant life, the only way we can live it is in Jesus Christ. There's no other way. The person who is dead is either in hell or in heaven. There's no intermediate stage. That real person's gone, only the body's left. The body that the person lived in. But when we see someone, you don't see that real person. Only God sees the real you, the person who has eternal life. And you will spend an eternity either with God or without Him. That simple. Make your decision now. Make your decision this side. Make it quickly. Don't put it off. Don't wait around. Don't say, well, I hope. I'm going to try at the last minute. Come on. Get on the team. Get involved with God. Romans 6.23. Read it for me. Set it right here on the screen. Romans 6.23. In some translations it says, and the free gift of God is eternal life. Free gift. He died and then expects you to pay Him nothing. Except what? Your obedience. Your obedience. The thing that, that I had to learn the hardest in life is when I would learn to be obedient to the authorities over me, life got a lot better. I used to book my mom and dad. Man, they don't know old people. They don't know a blasted thing over there. Man, they don't know anything. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And we get all, I get all over about how my parents didn't know anything. Got to Bible college. Got ready to do laundry. Had enough money to do one load. Nobody told me you separate stuff. I always heard the hotter the water, the better it is. Cleaner it gets. 
I had money for one load. I had enough. Boy, I threw them all in. Turn that water. I mean, steam rising out of that bucket, boy. Feeling pretty large and in charge. First time I'd washed my own clothes. Feeling good about it. Opened up the lid. Pulled out my clothes. Only to find all of my white clothes. All of my white clothes. The hidden ones as well as the outer ones were a pale pink in color. And when I called my mother to ask her what in the world happened that this washing machine would do this to my clothes, I get this silence on the other end. And then I hear her gasp for air because she's laughing so hard. I said, why are you laughing at your loving, wonderful child? She said, well, dummy, you're supposed to separate the whites from the colors. I said, and who told me that? She said, well, I tried. So I'm here to tell you, God has life for you eternally if you will but accept Him as your Lord and Savior. I've told you. What you do with that is your business. If you want to live the life God expects you to live, that abundant life, then you're going to do it through Christ. John 10.10. Read it for me. Or abundantly. Or abundantly. But you know, we live in a time when people don't want to hear God, do they? Let me put one other verse up there and have you read it for me. Isaiah 55 and verse 7. He will forgive generously. Isn't that a powerful thought? That our God loves us enough that He will forgive us abundantly and generously. He offers abundant life, abundant pardon, abundant peace, abundant liberty. The Statue of Liberty stands on Liberty Island. It used to be Bedlow Island until 1957 when they changed the name to Liberty Island. It sits out on that protruding island standing 300 feet and one inch from the base of the pedestal to the top of the torch and is one of the most picturesque and compelling sights to see. The Statue of Liberty is there to guard the harbor. It was given to us by the French government in 1884 and the thing was so big that they had to build it in the streets of Paris, France. We paid $284,000 for it, and they contributed $250,000. And the thing today is worth millions and millions of dollars. And there it stands. And in 1903, Mr. Emma Lazarus inscribed words on a tablet on the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. And when you walk across the plank over on the left side facing the sea, you read these words. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea, while sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning of her name. 
is mother of exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command an air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shores. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And people have been streaming to this country because of the freedoms that we enjoy. And God offers us liberty, true liberty. As I said in the beginning of the message, I believe that the Declaration of Independence or that Declaration of Liberty was led of God through the foresight of those men that signed it. They followed a precept that had been taken uh, and it had taken place in England. We got the Declaration of Independence, the Declaration of Our Liberty, and we have that freedom today. But may I say that this document, and this document alone, gives you true freedom, gives you true liberty, gives you true independence. And we need to thank God every day, not only for the Bible, but for this wonderful country that you and I live in. People still want to come here. They still want to come here because of the opportunities that are available to them. And I hope and pray that we never change, except in one way, that we put this book back at the prominence that it once had. Because until we do, God save us. Peace, contentment, and joy comes only in using what we have in the furthering of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're too hung up on material things. We're too hung up on those things. The, the iPhone came out this week. $700. If you don't like it, tough, you keep it. If it doesn't work the way you thought it would, tough, you keep it. If the battery goes down, you can't go get another battery. You have to send it into Apple, and they will fix it and send it back to you. It means you're without a phone for however long that takes. People waited two days in line to buy this at $700 a pop, and they've sold a bunch of them. In December, version 2 will come out. This one will be obsolete because it won't do exactly what they said it would do when, it, when they put it out. But it didn't matter because people had to have the iPhone. I like what Corey did. He works for AT&T. And at their store, what they did is they took an old iPod and they put an old Nokia phone and they taped them together. And when people came in and said, we're looking for that iPhone, they held it up and said, here it is. <laughs> they weren't very popular by doing that. But you see, that's what you and I think about our eternal life. In all my years of funeral experiences that I've had, I've never once seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Never once. The Bible says that when a, where a man's treasure is, there his heart is also. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay them up in heaven. As the worship team comes to help me close, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Where's your happiness? Where's your peace? Where's your joy? Where's your satisfaction? Bow with me if you would, please. Lord, We'd like to make a promise to you this morning that by your grace, we're going to walk closer. We're going to pray more. We're going to do more. We're going to re read more of the Scripture every day. 
And by your help, God, we will be what God what what you God want us to be. And Father, I just want to pray this morning, if there's somebody here in this room that just does not know you, <coughs> does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that you would somehow be able to reach down into their life and touch them in such a way so that they might respond in that way. Father, it's not a hard thing to do, but it's a very important thing to do. The hardness of it is that we have to 